And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Pascal. How are you doing, Pas? I'm good, Gav. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, mate. How's your uh, how's your weekend been? Was it uh was it a fun weekend? I had a great weekend. Yeah. Um well, it sounds like mine will be very quick so you can get straight to yours because um I <laughs> I had a mum free weekend. She's gone back now, so it was a lot of sleeping. A little bit of work um, and obviously enjoying the football, um, which we're going to touch on about Arsenal, but also watching the other games as well, which was quite entertaining um, uh, all round, especially Spurs, which was a fantastic um, way to wake up in the morning and see them capitulate as per usual. But um, yeah, good, mate. Very good. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a Friendsgiving on, on Saturday, which for everyone outside of the US, you've, you've probably heard of Thanksgiving. Well, Friendsgiving is just when all your buddies get together, basically, and generally have like a party, you eat and drink and all that sort of stuff. And uh, that was Saturday night. And I hate going to these things if we've lost or if it's been a bad, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. like I'd be miserable. So, um, so the wife was very happy when, uh, when we won. And she, she wondered why I was in an extra good mood. And it was because obviously Spurs lost. <laughs> exactly. But the positive about these things, if you do go to them, is that if you drink, you can drink pissed off you can drink depressed and you can drink happy so that's you're true sorted, really yeah that happy. that's true that's generally that's just generally where it where it ends so but um it's always better when you're in a when you're in a good mood to start i, I find yeah i agree oh no actually actually i tell a lie on friday i went to a shabbat i've oh, never been oh, to that shabbat which is okay. um jewish for sabbath i believe that's what the so I I have one of my clients. He's Jewish and he's invited me. I'd never been before, so I had no idea what to expect. And um, he had said to me, um, "Don't eat throughout the day." Um, so I thought it was a joke. I thought, "Oh yeah, very funny, you know this and that." It, it's not something you need to do. It, it's just recommended because there's so much food. So <laughs> I got there. I had eaten a bit. And it was ridiculous, the amount of food. I'm talking like uh, you, you try one thing, they give you then rice, and then it goes on to couscous, and then it goes on to a stew, and then it goes, it was insane. And then compound that with wine, and I'm telling you, it's looking to burst time. Very good experience, but I will warn anyone who's going to do that who doesn't know about it, absolutely go starving for two days. <laughs> So then you have to work that off before you play football next. Otherwise, you can't uh, move around. Very mate, well. I, I probably was thinking. I I don't think I ate until the evening of the night after. I was that ridiculously full. So, no, so, so you're like a snake, really. Like just one meal, and it, it fills you up, and you can go for like a week. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I I used to have a really big appetite. I've lost it, and that was probably not ideal for me. And the thing is, you don't want to be disrespectful, so you you keep eating. And then yet you fill your stomach. It's just, it's like gluttony. <laughs> Basically, you're committing gluttony on the, on that day. So, but for um, the right reasons, you're doing it for, for the, the right, right reasons. reasons. 
for the right reasons. Yeah, it's. It, I wouldn't think you know Kevin Spacey's going to be after me for committing a deadly sin there. But uh, if Kevin still... Spacey's after you, I think you've got more to worry about <laughs> than that. But yeah, yeah. Swiftly in moves, the context of seven, I mean, in, in the context of seven, nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> swiftly moving on. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, a, a fantastic weekend football-wise as well, obviously. So that helped. Saturday morning was one of the funniest games that I think I've <laughs> ever seen. So I I I get up and I've I've got two big dogs and of a morning it, it takes me like an hour to get them sorted out. And the time change kind of means they're getting me up at six instead of seven now. So I just finished getting the dogs sorted and everything. I sat down, I put it on. And of course, they scored within like three minutes, and I'm like, "Oh God, I don't even want to. I don't even want to watch this." So I had half an eye on it, and I was half messing around doing work stuff on my computer and that. And uh, the longer the game went on, the more the more you're thinking, "Jesus Christ! Like, what have Wolves got to do to score?" Well, when they scored, it was fantastic. I never dreamed that they'd get the winner straight after. I mean, that was incredibly Spursy, wasn't it? Well, I'm I'm a bit surprised, Gav, that you would say that was one of the funniest games you've ever seen because you obviously have not watched enough Spurs games. Um, <laughs> if you have watched enough I'll be Spurs honest, games, I don't. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You obviously, I mean, you can go back to the Chelsea game they just had recently, which was just hilarious uh, with their high line with nine men. Um, but that was just typical Spurs in what we know them because, um, in fact, that game encapsulates what Spurs are. They are. Going into every single season, whether it's um, what was that? What was that boring manager they had um, from Wolves? Who was oh, the, the Nuno Espirito Santo? He remember they like won those threat. three games at the beginning of the season. They beat Man City, and everyone yes. was saying, "What a fantastic record! What a start!" We saw what happened. Conte had that season. The next season, we, we were going on about the best thing ever. They they really are media darlings, though, I have to say. And then, the, um, don't you find that absolutely? nuts like how the media fawn over them like they like people want to pretend there's a big six there's not a big six there's a there's three gigantic clubs and three financially dope clubs right there there is no such thing as a big six spurs are not part of the three gigantic clubs or the three financially dope clubs they're just like the best of the rest yeah they want to put them in there like they are and it's like how can you be part of the big six or whatever you want to call it when you don't win anything and that's the thing that never is talked about um, with these articles that big spurs up. There's ne- there's always either talking about the, the tide has turned and, you know, are they finally overtaking Arsenal and so on. But there's never any mention of the fact that this team is one of the most um, underwhelming uh, clubs. If you talk about success, there is a round out of so-called top clubs. I mean, to think, what is it? It's the League Cup when they had uh, Ramos, I think, was that 2008? The FA Cup, when we were barely starting as Arsenal fans, was 91. And that's it. That's all you can remember um, as we go back to 88. All you can remember Spurs winning. And then as for league titles, I mean, you, you're going to your fathers to well, to think do, about that. So you it's, remember, it's just odd. Do you remember, I guess around about 2011, 2012, it started with us, where, it, in fact, it may even have been before that, the trophy drought, right? When did they really start getting on our backs about it? It might have been 2010 when they really yeah. started getting on our backs yeah. about it. Yeah. 
but it was this big thing, the trophy drought. They haven't won anything since two thousand, since two thousand five. You know, went to Champions League final the next year, but but haven't won anything since two thousand five. And there was the countdown, and it was on all the papers. You know, they don't win anything, can't win this. You don't get any of that. I guess because they're not really expected to win anything, I suppose, is is what it is. But the way the media forms over them and goes nuts, I mean, the way they're going nuts over Postacoglu, it's it's crazy. Like, his management in that Chelsea game was absolutely insane. And, and they went nuts about it. They had two players sent off, deservedly so, and they're praising him for not having a go at the ref. It's It really is nuts to me and then at Wolves they just capitulated like they normally do but the manager comes out and says mate so it, it's all all right it's a it's a really good point because the the the, the Chelsea game which I found us you know even Arteta from the media we're getting talk of he's got to win something he's got to win something big he's got to do this he's got to do that and yet we're talking about one manager of Arsenal's reign when they've had about up, you know, how many we go back until when they won a league title. We're talking generations, right? Um, but yeah, there's no mention of that. Then the second thing is the the Ange thing kind of cracks me up because he talks like the guy next door kind of thing with an Australian accent. Um, but there's no there's no analysis of his tactical plan. Um the the Arsenal, one thing Arteta has done, particularly this season, is we've shut up shop pretty good, even when we're at 10 men. Even when, okay, barring Fulham, perhaps you could say, you know, there's been a few games, the odd game here and there where we might, we've lost, we've kind of lost concentration. But generally, he's managed it so much better than previous times where we could be, we we need to shut up the game. We're on 10 men or we just want to play this game out. He's done that. We're managing that so much better. City was a prime example. We went 1-0 up. We shut the game down. No stupidos. And shows none of that. It's just, it's a it kind of a bit like what Wenger was towards the latter part. There was just only one way of playing. There was never any plan to shut a game up. And um, I just don't think he's called out about it. He's not, he's not, there's no talk of it. It's just uh, well, what we got. He's come from Celtic as well. He's come from Celtic and he's, you know, at Celtic, you don't ever have to sharp shop, right? Except in Europe no. when they get tranced every game anyway. But you don't have to sharp shop. In the Premier League, it's a little bit different. There was a little bit, he got a little bit of a false sense of security, I think, because they've literally played the bottom five, right? So I think he he got to play Luton and Burnley and Sheffield United all early doors. And I think that gave him a little bit of this, a little bit of, of bravado that, that maybe wasn't earned. And I think what you're seeing now is it's just catching up to them. And I think their their fixtures are not their fixtures turn a little bit and then go go back again. But they um yeah, I think they just got a very, very good run of games to get started. But you know, RIP Tottenham's title challenge. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but I, I think what's coming to fruition then is is what we what I'd mentioned, I think you've mentioned but the squad is just, you know, Derek Dyer is your saviour. Um, and then Ben Davies and players like that, um, you're in trouble um, in terms of defence. And, and you can see when Madison's out of that team, um, it's just nothing. It's a shadow of, of what they can do. I I I, I think um, I, I, I just feel it's just one of these situations where it was a low bar 
to come in. Yes. Uh, anyway, wasn't it? I mean, what, what are you talking about? Conte's second season was atrocious. It's a low bar. You just play relatively good football and suddenly the media's uh, fawning over it. So, but, but, but it's, it, we'll talk more about it later, I'm sure, but a three horse race. It's as simple as that for me. I think it's always been like that. And I think that's what we had uh, all predicted at the beginning of the season as well. Yeah, for sure, and yes, yeah, so, but it was it was good to see them lose. Though I mean, it's it, you know it, it never yeah. feels nice being below them in the table, even if you know that it's 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 a bit false and that it is yeah. going to turn. Um, it's still nice to get it over and done with sooner rather than later. Um, and then we uh, we play with the three pm kickoff in the UK, unusual, but I do like a Saturday three pm game. Paz Peacock, you watched on Peacock in the US, right? <laughs> You talk about what the camera angle. The fuck was that camera <laughs> angle in the first half? I said to you, I felt like I was watching someone play FIFA. It, it was career mode. Is that is that what you said? It yeah, it was career, yeah, career, career it felt mode. like career mode on FIFA. It did, it did, and um, yeah, it was very odd, and it was only for the first half, so it was like yeah, you you couldn't tell the difference between you know normally you can tell when when they switch to a replay like even if you're even if you just, you can tell the camera's angles are different and all that yeah the way they were in that first half i couldn't tell the difference between a replay and and the game it was it was a crazy crazy camera angle that they had and it kind of i could see if you were someone that got motion sickness i, I reckon it would have made you feel sick it was really strange and and like the far side i think it was it um uh, who was playing right back, Tomiyasu, you couldn't even see him because it was so close to the left side. The right side, you didn't even see uh, hardly what was going on. It was really, really odd. I like the bit when it went all wobbly. I like the bit where it went all wobbly when it looked like yeah. someone was filming it on their phone. <laughs> it looked like, it it looked like one around. of those um, those homemade, do you remember those pirate videos that they used yes. to take inside the movie theater? Yeah, the cam <laughs> videos, yes. <laughs> it reminded me of that. But I, I think it was a mistake because they changed in the second half. They yeah. must have been getting Well, I'm, I'm taking credit for that because I tweeted at them. So I'm, yeah, I'm taking yeah. credit for him changing that. So everybody can thank me for that. But that was yeah. I, I, I said at the time, like it's almost unwatchable. It was. It was really. I was actually thinking about going to Twitter and seeing if I could find a different feed because it yeah. was just it was, it that was bad. so bad. I couldn't. I just yeah. couldn't. It was it. terrible. It was terrible. But but you are known for your tweets in rage at certain companies because I always remember the True. infamous Ashley Holmes. I think it was. Oh was it yes. Ashley? <laughs> yes, Ashley, Ashley Holmes with my dining you room. You really table went stuff. on a rant. <laughs> oh yeah, they 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 took me. It took me two years to get a damn dining room table, and they <laughs> delivered my chairs. Right, they delivered they delivered me. I, I don't know how many chairs we've got. Ten, twelve, whatever it is. But they were like five hundred bucks pop, right? So they delivered yeah. the chairs. So now I'm stuck because we've accepted delivery of chairs. So you can't give the chairs back. The table matches the chairs. So now I've got this fucking table that I've paid X amount of money for, and it don't get delivered for nearly two years. So, Did they give yes. you a refund? Uh, no, I had to wait for the table. Took nearly two years to get a dining room table. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Nuts. But yes, I did go off on a Twitter rant on them as well. You I, did. I, you yeah, did. You did. They're will, seldom, but they I, do happen. I will hit you on Twitter if I feel like you deserve it. Yes. I, I'm the absolutely. sort of person that I block. You block you block the well, you block I, I if I was if I was if I was someone else, I would block me. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So the game itself, Paz, it was nice to see Zinchenko back. Well, it was nice for me to see Zinchenko back because obviously I'm a Zinchenko stan. 
Um, but I, I, I thought, thought it was Zinchenko excellent. should have come back in one way or another. Um, and so we found out, I, I think Ben White's been off for a while. And I think now mm. we kind of know why he's clearly been carrying this knock. Um, and I, I, I think what I, the, the team that he put out was the team that I would have put out regardless of Ben White's injury. Do you know what I mean? I think it was time for Ben White to sit for a bit and bring Tommy Asu in. Um, and like you said, I thought Zinchenko was absolutely superb. Oh, he was, he was brilliant. I mean, I know he gets, I know you're not someone who does this, but I think he generally can get a bit of stick for his defensive qualities. I thought not only was he fantastic defensively, but he is, he was instrumental in that midfield. Some of the touches were sublime, absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, And it kind of maybe um, fuels the idea of him perhaps as an alternative to the eight which we're, you know, and we know he plays in the 10 as well for Ukraine uh, because he slots in so easily in that midfield and his ball distribution is wonderful and his link-up play. So, uh, you know, if Tommy Asu is is getting the uh, um, getting the left-back roles on occasions, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Zinchenko, like you said, at least in the team because I think he um, what he offered... On um, on that in that game was was pretty special. I think without Erdegaard, Zinchenko simply has to play. I think yeah. he has to play. Like if you look at pure footballers, Saka obviously is you know our most effective player. Every goal comes mm. through in one way or another. But if you look at footballers for actual quality on the ball and the touches and stuff, Zinchenko yeah. is the closest thing to Erdegaard that we have. Yeah, and I think if Erdegaard isn't playing, I mean, I I play Sinchenko every week anyway, but if Erdegaard isn't playing, I think you have to play Sinchenko. No, I I hundred percent agree with that because I think what we're missing with Odegaard is, as what's pretty obvious, is is someone to, um, to basically pick open a pass and uh, open up the play, um, someone in and around the penalty box to you know. There, there was a cup, you know, many, like you mentioned in the game um, uh, against Sevilla, where Martinelli was was doing that run down to the byline, but there was just no one on the edge of the box or no one around to convert the ball, convert, you know, take a shot or um, put it in the back of the net. And that and that's something that Odegaard does so frequently. I think Zinchenko is the closest person to that. Um, also, as you can see, we, we do miss a bit of, um, creativity in that midfield when Odegaard is not there, and Halberts, as as we've already noticed, is not really that player. So I think Zinchenko, uh, I, I feel in that particularly that game was fundamental to our play and fundamental to our playmaking. And it was good to see Trossard on the score sheet again. Yeah, he, he again, I, you know, I don't think he's he's had a great start to the season, but the last couple of games playing up front um, in place of Eddie, I think he's been. Absolutely superb. And I think sometimes when you've got, we've said before, right, is that we like Eddie, but you can't play him too many games in a row because it starts to show. And I think you can say the same thing about Trossard in the Trossard up front. It's almost, it's almost like they're a change of pace for each other. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In three or four games, hopefully you won't have to play there that long because hopefully Jesus will be back. But in three or four games, it will be Trossard that's looking stout up there. Not for any fault of his own, but teams just mm. adjust. And I, I do think that that's kind, of, that's kind of where we're at. And Trossard is, is really filling in well there at the minute. It was a, it was a very, very well-taken goal, really very brave. I, I thought he was done. I was shocked to see him come out at the start of the second half. 
Yeah, and and I, I, you know, if we if we think back to when we got him, and I know we've talked about this before, and you think what we were potentially getting, and watching that player in Modric come on for Chelsea yesterday and offer absolutely nothing, and think what Trossard's return has been since we've got him, it's pretty it, it's pretty incredible, really, the contrast and also the value for money that we got for this player. Yes, uh, I agree with you. I think he. It's not maybe someone that you want to see playing three, four games in a row because it, he does seem to drift out of games and, you know, he's maybe not as consistent. But he has been really important to us in terms of offering that um, uh, that option outside of Jesus um, because he's so versatile and scores goals. And I thought it was extremely brave of him to go in there um, and in, in the place at the right time, very similar to Sevilla in that he was there ready for the ball and put it in the back of the net. And I, I, I've been really impressed with him. I, I like him as a player. I like him as, as an option for us. Uh, um, so um, yeah, I was, I was, I was really pleased with his, uh, with his outlay. Yeah. And don't, and don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Trossard's not a good player. I'm not saying that he, he, he shouldn't be part of this squad. I think he's an incredibly no. important part of this squad. Having no. him as the first man up in about three or four positions. I think he's, he's a godsend. Um, it just, you know, it just, you need that change of pace sometimes when it's yeah. not your first choice, you need that change of pace sometimes. And I think Trossard really has given us a little bit of a kick that we needed because Eddie had got to the point where I think he was looking a bit stout and, and jaded. So yeah. that was, that was, I think that was an important part of this. Um, Ty Havertz pass. I, I thought he was fine again. Um, his early header was a, a little bit, <laughs> A little bit um, embarrassing, I would say. The one when he, he almost made no contact with header. Um, the header over I from missed the corner. That. I missed that. It was on the back yeah, post. And he, he almost made no contact with it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, the header from the corner that he headed over was a, a little bit unlucky. He'd done well to get himself in a position. And it mm. was a good header. It was just too high. Um, but it's it's another game where he's been fine. Absolutely fine. Um, but... <sighs> just not really imposed himself on a game. I was surprised to see him come off on the hour, though. Were you surprised to see his number go up? I was, actually. I, I thought... I didn't I didn't think he was horrendous at all, like you said. I think he was, was pretty OK. Um, I do worry, though, because, I mean, what is it? Burnley? Atrocious team. Sheffield United? Atrocious team. Sevilla? Atrocious team. And if you can't really shine in those type of games, it does worry me when we, when we play the bigger teams, because I mean, he came on as a sub against city was pretty good, but he played in the number nine. Um, I, he wouldn't, he, he came on against Chelsea, I think, but I, I don't remember seeing much of him in that game. Um, I, I just, I, I feel to, you know, I feel the game passes him by a lot and I don't, I, 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 I it seems that when you, you see certain players that get the ball, Odegaard primarily, it's difficult to compare him with Odegaard, but his quick mind of thought is very, you know, he'll turn, he'll make a turn, he'll pass quickly. Harvard's always seems like he's playing in slow motion. So I, I, I don't think he, I was surprised that he went off at 58 minutes because we were winning at that time and it didn't seem like he was playing overly bad. But at the same time, it's still that moment where you think to yourself, you know, this is a hefty amount we play for this guy, and the guy we sold is is smashing it up in the the Bundesliga. And I think we all 
think that he basically needs a confidence boost. And one of the reasons I was surprised mm. to see his number go up was simply because you felt the last 20 minutes of this game, 30 minutes of this game, might be a chance for him to get himself on a score sheet, you know, do mm. something to really boost him. So I was a bit surprised. But the man who came on, Fabio Vieira, um, he didn't cover himself in glory. Yeah, very, very frustrating. I mean, you've got to think to yourself, I can get it if we're losing 3-1, but why would you be doing that when we're winning and the game's more or less done? It's just strange. Maybe it's I'm, a I'm glad we had that third goal, though, Pass. I'm glad it wasn't too Yeah, me too. Me too. I think the third goal was um, really Zinchenko's uh, Daniel LaRusso kick was, um, was I think, uh, pivotal for us. And, it, and, and, you know, at the same time... Even if we were 2-1, yes, we would be worried and stuff. But I really didn't worry about Burnley at all. I no. think we've been very fortunate to have been playing with injuries with teams like Sheffield United, Sevilla and Burnley. It's been very fortunate for us because really appalling teams. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know why Vieira did that. Really don't. No, and it's and I mean, there's no arguments, right? It's a, it's a straight no, red. There's, no, there's it's a red. No, it was a stupid, stupid. Yeah, no question. But yeah, I mean, he's not. You know, you're not exactly going to mistake him for Peter Story. So no. I don't. You know, I don't think it's he's going to take someone's knee out. It was just it. It looked like an awkward challenge almost. He, I don't mm. know what his foot was doing up there, but yeah, no, no qualms about it. He's going to get a free game ban. It's deserved. But it's a free game ban at a time when we could really do without it because we you know there's no guarantee that Erdegaard's going to be back we know that Partey is not going to be back it's another option in midfield that we've just had taken away for three games and ESR too well, I mean, yeah. we don't even know what's going on there so um yeah it, it, that is frustrating I mean I think we've got Brentford obviously he would be available for Lons um Brentford and then uh, Liverpool is um, no Liverpool's, Liverpool's after that. We've got a couple of um, we've got a couple of games. I think uh, we've got Luton away. So so it goes um, Brentford. It goes Brentford. Brentford away. Then Lons at home. Then Wolves at home. Luton away. Villa away. Okay, so he so... will. So he will miss Brentford, Wolves, and Luton, and he'll be Which... back for. Villa away. Oh, Wolves is at home, did you say? Wolves is at home, yeah. So Brentford okay. away, Wolves at home, Luton away. So you're not they're not games that you're necessarily worried about. Well, I mean, it's Fabio Vieira, so he doesn't start anyway. So you're not worried about that. The thing is, we've just got a lot of injuries at the minute and it, it's mm. another option that's been taken away and it's been taken away by his own stupidity. And I, I imagine Arteta is going to be furious. Mm. Well, he didn't even look at him when he walked off, which says something. You know, usually a manager someone pats him on the back or says something. He didn't even respond to him. So I think he was furious about it. Um, I, I mean, again, I think we might have got a little bit lucky with that one in the games that he misses. It's not the most... Yeah, I think Brentford away, potentially, that's that's a different I think it's one. More, I think it's numbers, though, mate. That's the problem. Yeah, we're yeah now, it is. We're now at it a is. point where, you know, hopefully we'll come back after the national break. Erdegaard will be back and it'll be fine because you can put Havertz on the bench or Jorginho can drop to the bench. So we've got something, but as it stands right now, if we come back and there's no improvement in that injury thing, we're looking at Mo Elneny as the first man up. Well, I, I would probably then look to Zinchenko, to be honest, if that's the case, because, um, you know, if Tommy Asu's available, 
Um, I would look to Zinchenko moving into that midfield. And I think that that would be, for me, the inevitable choice because um, we have to have that creativity from somewhere. And in away games, I know he likes, he seems to opt for Tomiyasu because of his solid desk defensively. Um, then use Tomiyasu, but you can have Zinchenko in midfield. That's probably what I would think of. But the good news is Norway have have now used common sense as opposed to Brazil and uh, just said Odegaard is out. Um, so hopefully that two-week rest does him good and he's back um, to play. But it, it is concerning, these injuries. But it's it, it it seems to be prevalent throughout the league, to be honest. It does. Um, There's a lot of injuries about at the minute. Everybody seems to have injury problems yeah. now. Well, it's it's uh, it's what we talked about could happen with these long um, injury time. Um, yeah. It's a possibility. So I, I'm not saying that. I think in Spurs' case, it was uh, two stupid red cards that's caused them. But then you got Van der Ven, I think, who's gone off. Yeah. Um, with us quite serious. Yeah, he's hamstring. Yeah, he's hamstring. Yeah, Madison Neto pulled his hamstring for Wolves. Um, I think uh, there's been quite a few others, haven't there, in terms of hamstring injuries? Yeah, and it's yeah, and it's a lot of Kevin muscle stuff. And it's interesting. I don't know Mickey Van der Ven's injury history, but I know James Madison has got a pretty lengthy. It's injury quite suspicious. With, yeah, with it muscles. is quite. Um, you're right. Obviously, our Thomas Partey, we know what the injury history is there. Um, so I don't know. I don't have his players that are susceptible. I just play him more, and it's it's causing mm. more issues. I'm not really, I'm not really sure what it is. I mean, I imagine with mm. with when it comes to Spurs, they're kind of, and, and Liverpool are the same as this. They don't really have any depth. So the players that they rely on, like us last season, the players they rely on are literally playing all the time because the manager doesn't trust any of the rotational pieces. Mm. So they're playing all the time, and and you are going to get these injuries when that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just hope it, it clears up a bit for us because that Liverpool game, I know we've got many games before. Villa away, that's another one. I yeah, it's going to be a tough as, game, that. Uh, yeah, as much as Unai Emery, we have our our uh, thoughts on him. He has been, in, they have been impressive at home. Well, he's, he's a good um, manager against, he's a good underdog manager, right? Like that was yeah. our problem with him for us is that he tried to play like the underdog and you're going, we're Arsenal and that's Watford. What are you doing? You know, that was the problem for us. He's a very good underdog manager. He was just at the wrong club with us, like he was at PSG. And, and perhaps, I think that's perhaps, it. Perhaps Look, also at Villa, he's been given more reign with the transfers. He's been given more... Um, oh, I think uh, so. I think he's been given a lot more a lot more freedom than he yeah. would have had at ours. That's the difference between a club like that and a club that wants to be where, where we're trying to be. Yeah. That's the, you know, that's the difference. But these... The Brazil thing pass where they basically are refusing to accept our word on Jesus. It's suspicious, isn't it? Yeah, apparently it stems from Martinelli last time when he was injured and he pulled we pulled him out of the squad. They took our word for it, didn't name him, and then we played him before he went. But this is a situation where Jesus hasn't even trained, let alone played. Um, and of course, Martinelli also went off with a hamstring at the weekend, which hopefully wasn't too serious. Um, mm. But this... but. Jesus flying 12 hours to go get looked at by a doctor when he hasn't trained in weeks, coming off of a knee, off of knee surgery. To me, it's just insanity to me. But this is what the international federations can do and what the international federations will do. It's also, you know, I think it's compounded by the fact that Brazil are lying third in the qualifying group. And, and it's Colombia and Argentina, right? And it's Colombia and Argentina. Argentina actually is the massive one, obviously. 
Um, so there's obviously but, a desperation on their part. But you would think, right, we've obviously got some of the best medical and training facilities in the world. You mm. would think they could send their doctor over to us and let him do I mean, Jesus Christ, they've played home games at the Emirates before. Mm. Send your doctor over, let him have a look at him at Colney. Why is he flying away to Brazil? I mean, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Jesus would go back to Brazil anyway during this time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's two weeks without a game. Maybe he'd go back and see his sister or his or his mum or or whatever. Maybe he would. Maybe this is maybe this is something about nothing. Something that that we shouldn't really care about. It just seems. It could be because I'm just you know um, I'm just having ideas on what it could be. But it could be that um, if he's there and they pardeem him fit enough, he's actually there ready so he can train. Therefore, you don't have the pro. I agree with you, though. I think it's just ridiculous, but that could be their thought process. The fact is, though, Richarlison has done us no favours by being injured. I, it's in, it's incredible he's ahead of Jesus anyway, but he's done us a favour when he play he when yeah. he is available yeah, because agreed. he seems to pick him ahead. Yeah. So this is a big problem for us. Yeah, that, and, and, you know, and Neymar's out as well, isn't he? So I, yeah. I think if they had Richarlison and Neymar. This might be a different conversation. I think um, so. But they don't, so and they need to win. So I, I guess, you know, I, I get it. It's just frustrating. You know, we look at everything through through the Arsenal lens, right? Whereas, obviously, Brazil they don't, they don't give a fuck about us. They're they're looking at it through it's, their it's, lens. It's just hard with Jesus because he never seems to get a run of games, and, and he's so important to us too. He's it's so not important like to us, an... and we've already had him miss a big portion of the season because of the World Cup with Brazil. So. It's already um, a difficult, and he's so, like you said, he's so important. He's he's akin to Odegaard in some respects in creating play, in making play, in holding the ball. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I hope it, it, things come good of this because we really will need him for those big trips away from home, especially Anfield and Villa Park. Yeah, agreed. Okay, mate, let's leave the first half there. Um, we'll Perfect. come back in the second half and we'll touch on some of the other stuff from uh, from around the league and, and how it affects us. So um, I'll see you back here in a minute. Cheers. Hey, guys, just a couple of quick halftime messages for you. Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or, or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Jazz. We really appreciate it. Welcome back into the Non-Negotiables podcast. This is part two. Paz, we have developed a really good habit over the last few months of going into these international breaks on a high, right? We beat... Man United going into the international break, I believe. Was it, did we beat City going into the last international break? Um, um, I think it was. I think it was City. Uh, was it? Yeah, I remember, I remember Man United. Yeah, I believe it was City. We definitely went in off the back of a, off the back of a win. Maybe it wasn't we, City. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the game after. But it was well, off the back of a win. And now we're going in off the back of a win here. A win that we we really needed after the after the ridiculous loss at Newcastle. But 
it's good going into these breaks with the feel good factor around the club, right? Like it, you know, there was times when these breaks were absolutely torture. And don't get me wrong, I don't ever want to see these breaks. I don't like these breaks in season. But at least going in off the back of a win, you feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think we spoke about this, I know, particularly after the Man United game where, um, and, and and the last one, um, when it, it, it actually is coming at a pretty good time, as much as I can't stand the international bake, I've, I've made that very clear. I find it the most useless part of, you know, I, I, I just find, I find it punishment. It's like punishment that you need to somehow um, undertake to enjoy the Premier League. You've got to put up with these international breaks. But at the same time, from an Arsenal perspective, I think it's come at a good time again because we have injuries. Yeah, um, We just won important games, albeit against pretty inferior opposition, but we still won Sevilla and, um, and Burnley, um, putting us right in the mix for two big tournaments. And then we've got players who are coming back, which are hoping these two weeks will help in them coming back. Um, so and and coming out with the last game of victory also helps a lot. So um yeah, it it, it is a, a good position to be in, especially with um with this international break um coming up. So I, I I'm 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 pleased with how we and I think I'd I'd mentioned it before, if we can get past Sevilla, if we can get past Burnley. I'd be pleased with that. By the way, mentioning the team that we lost to Newcastle, I was that was another result I was pleased to see um, over the weekend. That also added to my enjoyment. Yeah, I was pleased when they lost to Dortmund in the week as well. I thought, that yeah, was, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to be. I just the thing is, I like I don't view Newcastle as a as a threat to us per se. Right? No, I don't think they're in the same league as us. They're not going to be challenging for the top three. They're going to be. They might be challenging fourth with with Tottenham and United and Brighton and Villa. And and that's, you know, that's where they are. But I just cannot stand them. I can't stand them as a club. I can't stand them as a fan base. I can't stand what they are now. I mean, did you see the mug arguing with Trippier after the game? Did you see, did you see this? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, and I'm, I'm like, did, did, uh, you know, do, does that, that supporter know what this team has been for the last 20 odd years? Since, well, 60-odd uh, well, years. When was the last time they won a trophy? Well, I mean, at least with Keegan, they were challenging of some sort and they played some nice football. So I could... But I get from a trophy perspective, yeah, six, we're 60 years or whatever it is. Yeah, it's it's it, crazy. I couldn't, be, I couldn't believe that when I saw them argue. And they're such a dislikable team. Do you know what I mean? Like I, they they really are. I, I mean, I've, I'm starting to dislike... And, Ed, yeah, di- dislike... Uh, Callum Eddie Wilson. Howe. I can't stand Callum Wilson. Yeah, I, 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 I just, I think they're, they're, I, I burn another one. Joe um, Linton, like you can, you can just go on and basically name their entire. I, squad. I also, they're another team that the media fawn over. You know this. Yeah, uh, it's the whole. You know, the well, they're a massive club, and they're a massive yeah. club, and they've got yeah. this great support and that. And I, I've been up there a few times, and um, that stadium is shit. Like especially yeah. if you're an away fan, you're stuck up in the heavens, you can't see anything. It's almost as bad as West Ham's ground. Which one, the Upton Park or the one they? Have no, the, the council house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, also, it's just like they—they they also want to get you know the passion of the Geordies and their fan base is this and that and whatever. And I just think to myself, it's like so overblown yeah. um, who they are and what they represent and everything. 
Um, I, I, it's it's that it's a team that I'm going to start really disliking. I already dislike, but I'm going to dislike more and more. As and I, I find Eddie Howe detestable as well. Like I really cannot stand Eddie Howe. So I mean, to me, yeah. they're they're a club I just can't stand. So yeah, I was I was happy. I was happy with that. It was it was generally good. the only result that didn't go our way was the Liverpool result, and you know they were always yeah. going to beat Brentford at home. And you were saying in the first half that you think this is a free title race. I agree. And I said that pre-season in the prediction. Part yeah. I think we both did. Yeah. This was a three-way, this was a three-way fight. Yeah. Um, and I think you're seeing that. And I think it, that is what it's going to be. I think it is going to be tight between the three of us and Liverpool don't have the Champions League. That's going to be a little bit of a, um, you know, a little bit of a boon for them that they don't have to worry about that because they're not going to take the Europa League seriously until they get into the latter stages. So, you know, and being being basically nailed on for top four, which I think they will be, they can relax a little bit further into the Europa League. You know, we when we were in it, we were trying to use it as a as a, a vehicle to get back into the Champions League. I don't think that's going to be the case for them. I think they're going to be solidly in the top four. So they can kind of, you know, the second, the first knockout round, whatever, they can probably still go weaker in that because if they do get knocked well, out, it's not that well, big a I deal. Think- I, th- no, I think in their case, they're going to be like us, where if they finish top, they actually avoid the first knockout. That's right. They go straight into the but, round of 16. Correct. But we don't have to worry anyway about the Champions League. If we if we pass Lons and finish top, um, we will obviously, hopefully, Arteta sees some sense and rest his entire team for that non- non-game yeah, against yeah. PSV. And then you think about it, it's the end of February where the Champions League starts again. So or middle of February. I think by that time, they've already played that Europa game. Um, so really, we'd probably be on par with Liverpool in terms of importance of games and games coming up. And also, I think they've got the League Cup. Um, the, the League Did they Cup go through? I've not even looked at who's... I've yeah, they went through. They're probably one of the favourites now left because I think City are out, United are out. Oh, yeah, they um, will be the favourites. Us and City are out. So they'll, they've got to be clear favourites. So they they will definitely be playing, I believe, with a, probably a stronger team. So I, I think Liverpool still uh, still will have some games to deal with. And what I, I notice about Liverpool, where we're better than them, um, attack-wise, maybe that's debatable. It's more of a, um, I would say, it's a lot more of a, uh, a debate. But um, I think defensively, they are pretty bad. Um, yeah, structurally, I think, I think structurally we're better defensive. They've, they've got a mild yeah. better goalkeeper than us. But yeah. I think the I think when you look at the team, the way the team's structured, I think we're a lot better than them in that respect. I think we can control games a lot a lot better than them. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 listen, it's going to be a great game up at Anfield. We know we know what we're in for. We've got a terrible record there, even though we drew last season. Well, we that, still was, that was part of the terrible record, though, right? We were two up in half an hour. Yeah, and and really, yes, it's it's debatable to say whether whether or not we deserved to actually get a draw because they were all over us in that second half. In fact, if it wasn't for some of Ramsdale's heroics, we could have lost that three two. Um, but um, yeah, I I I I think it's going to be, a re- and I think City are leaky. I mean, Chelsea, come on, four goals. That, yeah, they were really leaky at the back. It's it's I, mad, and that that game. I mean, I, I've said before, like I don't watch Man City games; they make me angry, so I just don't watch no. them. And I, I didn't watch this game either. Um, no. I've seen I've seen some of the bits on. I've seen some little clips since the the penalty that Haaland got is outright. You know what? The penalty that Haaland got is exactly the same 
as the Burnley goal on Saturday. You know where Tommy Asu had the guy's shirt, the guy had Tommy Asu's shirt, and eventually the guy wins out. And that's not a foul. Never in a million years is that a foul. That is no. absolutely play on. But the Harlem penalty was exactly the same as that, and he got a penalty for it. And that that is that's I, maddening. I think my only argument with the Harlem one was okay. I think the initial um, was basically tip for tat. It was it wasn't it was they were fouling each other basically. However, for Kukurea to not get goal side, they let him. So Harlem got ahead of him and then wrapped his arm around a kind of. It, it, let's be honest, Harlan's about, what, 6'10", and weighs <laughs> about 300 pounds. He's not going down from that, is he? No. But let's, you know, he's still stupid defending, where he's yeah, letting it, go goal side. He's, he's stupid defending, but my, my point there is that it's just, it's one of them where yeah. you play on. You you do not give a penalty for that. It's an outrageous decision to give a penalty. I, I agree. I, I mean, uh, who was it? It was actually an on-field decision, right? I think it was Oliver who gave it on um, Two City, I, I believe. Honestly, I don't know if it was a VAR. Or if no, it was it was, it was Oliver. I think Oliver it. Oliver gave it as a penalty. Yeah. So, but yeah. I can see why you would give that. But then looking at the replay, you have to go. Well, they're both tugging each other at the sure. time. This, yeah, you know what I mean. True. And that's and that's it. So I saw that one. I saw the Akanji header um, that was abysmal defending from. Chelsea. I tell you, Reese James, he might be able to go forward, but he cannot defend. He Which is Trent Alexander, isn't it? Time. It's the yeah. same. Yeah. Same he, with Trent. He cannot defend. Um and then uh yeah, and that was that's about all I saw of it really, because I like I said, I don't watch Man City games. Um Well, I, I think they look I think Ruben Diaz is a shadow of the player that we saw two years ago. I don't think he's doing himself any favours. I think actually, to be honest, John Stones is a better defender than him. Um but uh I think Akanji is—he's a useful player, but he's not a superb defender. Walker, no, he got—he got massively overhyped last year, didn't he? Akanji, he, just because they only paid fifteen million for him, where they yeah. usually pay eighty million for everybody. Yeah, and he got massively overhyped because of, yeah. because of that. And I don't think he's—I don't think he's all that. He's—he's he's fine. I mean, he's not a bad player, but mm. I, I don't think he's a—I don't think he's—he's a, he's a world class talent or anything like that. Yeah, I think he's a—I. Uh, I, I, I feel there's there's goals to be taken. I think we have, um, as a defensive unit, we have obviously conceded some stupid goals, but I think we look a lot more cohesive than those two teams when it comes to defensively. Um, offense, and maybe you can say upper part of the midfield or eight upwards, is, yeah, we're, we're you know, there, there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, we've, I just debate. I don't think we've figured that out yet, Pass. No. It, it, I think he's basically what it is. I think we're trying to figure out exactly what we are. We've almost got a new identity this season. Like this season, this team is completely different to last year's team going forward. Completely different. They're not even in the same realms. And I think no. what we haven't done yet is figure it out. Last year, we had a very, and let's be fair, I think we got found out of it at the end of last season. I really do. I know we consider mm. some stupid goals, but I think we got found out a bit the way we were the way we were playing. And I think these these adjustments that have been made are necessary. And we just haven't really figured it out yet. And we also haven't been able to put out our, our best team. You know, Jesus has missed most of the season. Yeah. I don't think Rice was bought to play where he's playing. He's just playing there because it hasn't worked out with Havertz in, in that eight. And of course, Erdegaard is now out injured. Jorginho's playing every game, which was never the plan. So... I think it's it's one of them where there's a mixture of we haven't been able to put our best team out and we don't really know 
exactly how this is going to work yet. But because mm. of the because we haven't been able to put everyone out on the field together, we've not really had a chance to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I I saw, I saw some. I think Justin um, posted it um, about Timber, where his um, his recovery is looking really good. Um, yeah, they're I mean, looking. They're be... they're talking that maybe January or February we might we might see him might see if, him back. If, if that was to happen, and I even had said if we could get him by March for the Champions League and um, for the the kind of last straight of the season, I think that would be absolutely amazing because I think he's a player that um, we we can really utilize as well quite effectively as a within our squad defensively. But I agree with you. We've not really been able to see Rice play in his best position enough. Um, and unfortunately, it's just because the players around him um, are not fit or yeah. they're injured. Or and, there's always, and I also, especially... I also think, and I've said this a few times, that it looks to me like we're not quite as fit as we could be. I don't think we're in top top form um, fitness no. wise, and I think that might be a consequence of design rather than anything else because we peaked way too early last year. I mean, clearly yeah, yeah. we peaked too early. And I, I think that Arteta has learned from that last... That would have hurt everybody last season, that collapse at the end. That that would be... You've, you've already seen from the Amazon documentary how it hurt them the year before when we finished fifth. And mm. I think a lot of everything that was done really has been done to prevent that happening again. And I think we may be looking at trying to peak later, which which I'm happy with where we're at at the minute, right? We're one point off of, off of City right mm. now. I, I, I'm happy with where we're at at the minute, as long as we can kick on from here. And I, I really think that we've got a real good chance of doing that. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a maturity about our team. I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but there is a maturity. There's a season that they've they've had now where they were close. They they need we could say probably had a hand on the trophy. Um, I think this season we've added in that extra experience in Rice, um, someone who has added. You know, I mean, really, it's difficult to explain it in words of what he's brought to that midfield, but he's definitely uh, improved us. Um, unfortunately, we've lost Shaka, who was, you know, a massive, massive part of our season last last year. But if you look at it in terms of where we're at, we've, we've our debut in the Champions League after many years um, looks like we're going to finish top. We're lying right in the mix in the top three. We've beaten Man City at home, which was something we did not do last season at all. Um, we didn't beat them in any any competition. We've uh, uh, Spurs was a blip, I feel. Um, but then we've beaten Man United at home. We've... Um, uh, Newcastle, we lost to, but I, I, I really feel we were hard done by in that game. But we've been consistently, we've been pretty consistent. So to lie where we are with the points that we have, um, to be challenging in the Champions League, to um, have a defensive solidity, which we haven't seen for a while. I think we had a bit of it last season, but it looks so much more robust. Um, and I think we're seeing our, seeing our games a lot better. I mentioned that before than, than what we had seen previously. So... Yes, there's a lot more we can improve, but wouldn't you rather be in the position we're in with things to improve than maybe what we were last year where we looked like we peaked a bit too early? So I, I'd rather be in this position knowing that there are areas that we can improve on, that things there's things to do, but still be in a strong position. Um, and uh, I, 
I, I'm, I'm content with where we are. I'm content with what we're doing, but I do feel there is, there is definitely room um, to improve. I feel the same way. January has the, the transfer window. Do you envisage just doing anything in January? I think, you know, there's been a lot of conjecture about, do you keep party? Do you sell party? First of all, I don't think you can sell party. I, I don't think there's going to be any offers for Thomas party mm-hmm. who will be going to the African nations at the end of January. I don't think you can sell him. I, I don't think you've got any choice at all, but to keep him at the very least until the summer and just hope that when he comes back from AFCON, he can actually contribute something. I, I, I just don't see any other option there. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't see the point. I mean, when I say sell him, ASAP. I'm more out of frustration whenever I see another. I think that's where we're all at with him. I think that's where we're all at with him. Yeah, and another calf injury again. It's just been. uh, Yeah, I I don't want to blame the guy, but it's just since the day we bought him, he's been a a nightmare. I think that Thomas Partey is one of our five worst signings of all time. I I, I honestly do. He's a great footballer in the Premier League, or when he's on. Or since you've been a fan? Of all time. Since I've been watching Arsenal, I think he's one of the five worst signings. Not like, not as in, oh, what, you think he's worse than Igor Stepanovs? No, I don't <laughs> think he's worse as a player than Stepanovs is. But we've bought this player in. We've paid $50 million in cash, all up front for him, because that's what you have to do to trigger the release clause in. He came in. He was terrible the first year. He was awful. He was trying to be Zidane. He was awful. We eventually worked out this single pivot, and he was outstanding. Then he's injured. Then he comes mm. back in, he's outstanding, then he gets injured. Then he comes back in, slight loss of form, then he gets injured. And and this has been the case from the very start. When you look at what we've paid, the expectations and the fact that we've built teams around him that have just collapsed because he's picked up yet another injury, I think he's one of our five worst signings that I've ever uh, I've ever uh, seen. And that's a very strong case put forward. He's a ex- highly frustrating player. Um, and I feel that he... One of one of the biggest problems we we would have is I, I don't understand this Douglas Luis rumors. I mean, we had an opportunity to get him when he was ba- barely with a contract. Why are we now going to pay more money well, and, for someone who just signed a new one? I don't think that's what we need either. Like, I no. don't think what we should be looking for is a six because no. I think that's where Rice needs to go. I think what we need is an is an eight that can play there so Rice can move back. I personally, that is where I think. I, I don't think a six is what we should be looking for. I think we need to be looking for someone who plays a bit further forward. Basically, what we hoped Kai Havertz was going to be. And I think you you have to just look and say, I mean, Arteta's going to want to give him more time, and that's absolutely fine. And when you've had £65 million for someone, you have to give him a bit of time. But the early signs are that he's not going to be the answer there. So I think that that is the position where we need to be looking at. Yeah, I, I think... I agree. I, I don't think it's worked the number eight for Havertz, and I don't think it will work. But the honest truth, and and yeah, it, it, Rice is nailed on the six. He's very rarely injured. Touchwood. Um, I, I think Jorginho, as much as I know you're definitely less of a fan than him than I am. I'm not a big fan of these ex Chelsea players, but I do feel he has proved to be pretty useful. In if you consider what the other option would be, El Nenny. I like El Nenny. But I think Eugenio picks a pass much better than on El Neni. El Neni's very much sideways player. Um, so I, I think Eugenio has proved to be pretty useful because of party's absence. Um, so, yeah, I would say an eight. I think the attack, I know you're not a big fan of this idea of Tony because of the where it might alter our play. Um, 
I, I, I think with Tony, for me, it's it's on price tag more than anything. I, you I know think what, Kaz, though? I, I think we need someone. I just think we need someone better than that. Because I think what we need to do at this point, Jesus is not reliable, right? Jesus, yeah. we are entering the Thomas party zone here with Jesus. We're not there yet, but we are getting towards it where we just we have not been able to rely on him properly. And I think what we need to be looking to do is we need to be looking to... I don't want to see someone come in to back up Jesus. I think that would be a terrible move. And I don't want to see a change of pace off the bench option. I think what we need to do is find someone to start in front of Jesus. And that is a tall order because finding someone better than Gabriel Jesus is not easy. But I said to you, when we signed him, we were going to be needing to look to upgrade him. And I think that's exactly where we are. We need an upgrade on Jesus and Jesus needs to be the man that can fill in in all these positions. Jesus basically needs to become Trossard. But can you can't you see Tony though doing that? Because no, from I, can't. What my, I can't. I don't think Tony's any better than Eddie and Ketia. Really? Yeah, no, I don't. And I don't I, think, I think anything. My... There are no numbers that say he is, except he jumps. Like I just, his non-penalty goals are not that much better than Enketia's. There's nothing about him that says he's better than Enketia, and he's 28. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think that he's he would. Offer us, I think he his hold up plays decent. I know he plays in a more direct team. But, but how often, Paz, do we have a chance to use hold up play? Do you know what I mean? Like teams well, bunker in deep against us. We're not looking to play long balls and and hit teams on a break. We don't get the chance to do that. And mm. when we do, by the way, Gabriel Jesus, he's fantastic at it. Like mm. you saw with Martinelli's goal mm. in uh, in in Sevilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I I see that, and I I think what holds me back with Tony is. 28 and what they're asking for i think what they're asking for is just too much yeah it's it's outrageous they're, the striker pool is a real problem at the moment look what man united play for that for, for well yeah the jury's out he could become very prolific but so far you're not really seeing uh a 70 million 75 million player um so it just shows you how small the pool is for good strikers oh, it is. yeah 100 percent a hundred percent. I mean, to get someone better than Jesus is a hundred million. Yeah, easily. I mean, you've got the the guy. It's the guy at Feyenoord, right? Is he, is he Mexican? The guy at Feyenoord, Jimenez. Oh yeah, uh, and Santiago Jimenez is it? I've forgotten. I forgot. But I know who you're talking about. So, so yeah. you've got someone like that who you're buying and you're hoping is basically Luis Suarez, right? That's what you're hoping for when you sign him. Except maybe without the racism and the bites. But that's yeah. what you're hoping for. You're <laughs> hoping you sign someone that you can get for around 40 million, 45 million, and he becomes that world-class player. I don't see any way that we can buy the finished article, right? I mean, what are your options? Killing Mbappe next summer? Is that is that your yeah. is that where you want and to And the guy, what's the guy? I never know, I never pronounced his name right, the Napoli guy. Nigerian. Oh, Ossiman. 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 Osman, yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't know that Osman is an upgrade on Jesus either. I'm not completely... And then there's that Vlahovic that. is available again. <laughs> yeah, Vlahovic, that cunt can yeah. go fuck himself. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I don't know. My, my, honestly, I don't know where we turn, but I think we need to because I just, we can... If I think if Jesus is out for two or three months, I think we're screwed. Well, he has been. He has been. He was last season. Yeah. Um, he w- he was out, what what was he out for, a month and a half like, this season? Uh, at the beginning of the season? Yeah, at the beginning of the season, yeah. I mean, in, 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 he's easily three months in total this season already. Mm-hmm. Um, he was out definitely a good period last season. So that's what we're talking about. 
and yeah. and he wasn't he wasn't like Zinchenko. He wasn't known to be uh, he he was known to be injury prone at Man City. He did have quite a few injuries. The same with Zinchenko. In fact, Jesus, I had a I think practically a season out with um, I, I can't believe it was an ACL, but it was a ligament injury or tendon injury. So he you know it's the way he plays as well. Both of them are very tricky players. They play on the edge. They put a so much into their game. We know what Jesus does. He comes back, he twists, he turns. He's a tricky player. They're going to get injuries, those type of players. But yeah, what do you do though? You want to bring in a player that you think is going to replace Jesus, but then you're, you're going to be paying easily up to 100 million for that player. And who's there? And you got, and that's the thing. You've got to find them. You've you got, got to find I think them. If we could find them, I think we'd do it, but you've got to find I, but them. I, I would rather then go with the, with the final guy then who's 45 million. I, least yeah. and, and, I'd rather and take that risk than yeah. spill out for like you yeah. said totally. I mean let's be fair you're looking for someone like Julian Alvarez aren't you that's that's yeah. what you're trying to that's what you're trying yeah. to find is someone like which which I remember like when, when City signed him we said that was a good deal yes I said that I think you said it yeah because he got it from River Plate didn't he yeah he said we should be looking for that type of deal because he was like what 15 million I think they paid yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, we so. we had the we had the links to Vita Rocco. It, it looks like he's going to Barcelona. We had the links there, and I think that's kind of what you're. To me, mm. that's kind of what we should be looking for to try and ease them in slowly for when Jesus is out, and then hopefully they can take over because the finished article just isn't out there. And if it is, you're gonna have you're gonna have every major club in the world looking at. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like right. it's not, and there's only so many of them players to go around. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I I mean, and, and, you know, this is going to be an unpopular take, but I think had we signed Harry Kane, for example, in the summer, I think we'd win the league. Mm. Yeah, it's a a fair point. It's a fair point. Unfortunately, I don't think it would ever have happened, though. No, of course, of course not. And I'm not saying I want it to happen. I just think we would have won the the title if we bought someone like Harry Kane, someone on that that level yeah. but there's not many people on that level around so finding them is is almost impossible um yeah I, and i don't think that's gonna happen in january do you think there's a chance that maybe we look for a wide player i mean yeah i mean but and, again and we have that play to, fair play to man city by the way for digging up doku because i mean i'd heard his name but i didn't really know too much about him but what a signing he's turned out to be yeah and we could yeah. I, I do think we would benefit from someone like that yeah, but and and I think Diaby as well for Villa. He's been excellent for Villa, and I I think we we were touted to get him. Yeah, we were linked um, to him. We were linked to. They him actually didn't play as much as I thought because we were touted to, to be into him for him for a lot more money than that. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, it, but it's a problem though, isn't it, Gab? We talked about this. We, who do? Yeah, you... when do they get games? Yeah, when do they get games? And if you're trying to look for someone to replace Saka. You're talking about a two hundred million dollar pound player. Yeah, <laughs> you you can't be looking at that. You've got to, it's got to be someone that can come in, play both sides, and give you something a little bit different. You right, know, that, that's kind of what you're. What I, you're I, I like Neto. I really like Neto for Wolves. I think he's productive. But now he's he's got that injury history, and I, I he think, has. You know, we've he got has. to try and steer clear of those injury prone players because we've tried this in the past and it hasn't worked. Yeah. And and it's the way he plays. He's so quick on the ball. He's nimble. Um, he's going to be susceptible to ACL and um, and hamstring injuries. And that's exactly the last injury he had was a hamstring one. So, um, but I mean, that's that's the type of player I would love to see at Arsenal, barring the injury, of course, because he's only twenty one. Um, he's someone that can really 
inject some dynamism. He's kind of similar to Martinelli, but on the other side. Yeah. Very direct player, very um, good productivity, scores, assists. Um, I, I'd like someone like that, but I, I agree with you. I think the injury record, but would the injury record be a major problem? Because I don't know if he'd be a regular player anyway. So, yeah, I mean, well, we've got, and he's twenty-one. I mean, we've already got someone like that, right? In in Reese, but Arteta doesn't yeah. seem to want to want to play Reese very much. Yeah, which which again speaks to the fact again questions why you get him on a contract. I, I yeah, guess. yeah, no, crazy considering you don't want to play him, and crazy for him to sign it. Um, mm. At the back, you, do you see anything happening at the at the back? I mean, I personally still think we're a centre half short. Um, I don't know where we buy one, and I think if if the reports about Timber are true, then I think we we can get away without going for someone in January. As it stands right now, I do feel like we're one short. Uh, maybe, but then you know you've got Kivior and you've theoretically got Tommy Asu, haven't you? Yeah, but Tommy Asu's also filling in at fullback as well, and yeah, you know, I, I just I, I think if if Timber's back, then I think we're fine. Without mm. Timber, I just feel like we're one short. Yeah, but I don't. I think he's. I think it looks like he will be back close to that January period, or at least be starting training. Maybe yeah. not. You know, playing. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to take a month, right, from when yeah. he starts training fully again. So if he if he's training so is in it the worth... middle of January, you're looking at the middle of February, and in that case, no, and you're not going to replace no. him. We've just spent all that money on him, and the plan is obviously to play him. He's, he's, yeah. he's a young lad. This is an injury that he's going to come back from. So uh, you don't go and replace Timber. My my thoughts would be more a right-sided centre-back rather than another full-back. Yeah, perhaps. I, I, maybe a youth player or someone who's uh, could be a, a player that's up and coming. Um, but I think, again, you're talking a lot of money for an established one. Yeah, and and I don't know how much we would use them. What what I did what I did like to see though is obviously you think about Kivio hasn't been used that much, so. I mean, you know, uh, if he was used a lot more, then maybe you'd be a bit more worried because if he gets an injury and stuff. Um, but what I did like to see about Kivio was um, Arteta surprised me in that game against Sheffield United when he started him. Yeah. So I think he seems to be, maybe he's he's looking into our options to give rest to the Gabriels of this world or the Salivas of this world. Well, and so to we give don't... games to the fringe players, right? Because they yeah. need to play. At some yeah. point, we may need them and they need to play. Yeah, and and we need our starting centre backs. I mean, if you want to see any evidence of how much we need our starting centre backs, you just watch the last month of how we played defensively, and those two are just yeah. absolutely imperative. So keeping them fit, but yet having that's, someone that's why going out in. of the that's why going out of the League Cup was so disappointing for me. Um, yeah, I mean, not just because it was West Ham, but because it. It, you know, it gives a chance for these fringe players to play. And yeah. I understand it's hard when you're just coming into a team with a load of players that you don't normally play with. It's not like you're coming into the first 11 and just replacing one player. But I was disappointed with how that went, especially considering the players. You know, this was their chance to get some more game time. And also, I think you said it, you know, the games like Sheffield United, when you've got Raw Waters there and then you have, I, I've forgotten the other, other youth player in there, I mean, do you, do you? Is there any harm in not playing them when you're falling it's, it's, you know, Yeah, it's the not bringing them on. That's the, that's yeah. the bit for me. Like you, you, you put in Cozy Dubri or Sago Junior or whoever you're putting on the bench, and then with 20 minutes to go and you're four nil up, why not bring them on? 
Yeah, I, I think that's that's a little bit weird. I think that's one thing that Wenger was really good at. He would try and incorporate a young player, you know, in the latter stage of the game when we've clearly won it. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's nothing that gets a crowd um going than seeing a you know player through the youth ranks. And um so I, I don't know why he doesn't do that since we don't have the League Cup. I, I mean, I really would like him to do a Wenger if we qualify for the next round top in the next game in the last game what have you got to lose yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't even have the first team traveling i'd have a full youth team in there yeah um yes it will piss off the teams challenging for second but that's not our problem no that's not our problem that's why you earn first i mean i'd I'd have have fabio vieira going over there i'd have kivior going over i'd have el nelly do you know what i mean like i'd have them rural waters i'd have him out there yeah rural waters Cody sago junior wanieri lewis skelly I want to see them players them players given a chance. I've got a question for you. Um, if the rumours are true that Chelsea are in for Ramsdale and they come in with a 60 million bid in January, would you be, would you think, do you think Arsenal should take that? In January? That is tough. It, yeah. Probably not in January, just in case. In the summer, I first off, I don't want to see Aaron Ramsdale playing for Chelsea. Right, no. let, let me be clear on that. I do not want to see him playing for Chelsea, but I think it's pretty clear that he's not got a future at ours. Mm. I, I just I don't see any way that he's got a future at ours. So I think he is going to go. I think that means that the likely destination probably is Chelsea, mm. because you've got to have someone with the money to buy him and someone that needs a goalkeeper, and. I really don't see many options outside of Chelsea. Do you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm with you. I mean, Man United just spend it on that dummy that they've got. Um, yeah. uh, he obviously ain't going Spurs anyway. City Liverpool have, have got re- Allison. City have got Edison, and they've got a good replacement for Edison as well. San- yeah, Saint Germain have got have got Donnarumma. Donnarumma. Barcelona yeah. have got Testengen. I mean, the other option, I guess, is Bayern Munich. Or, or Real Madrid, Real Madrid got, had that. Oh yeah, Courtois. Dodo from um, Courtois is going to be um, Courtois. Oh Courtois, yeah, he's injured. He'll, he's right. injured, but he'll be he'll be back. Um, yeah, and, um, and yeah, I guess Bayern Munich is the only is the only other place, right? Because who you, were who were in for Raya? For Raya, yeah. Mm. So I guess that's the only other the only other place. I mean, I yeah. I prefer him playing for us, but. That's you know you have to accept that that's not going to happen. He's got to move on. But to answer the question, I, I think January. No, I don't think I would do it in in January. I think I would I would do the deal in January and let it go through in the summer. Um, but I, I I don't think I would do the deal in January. No. Well, what's interesting is that um, Ramsdale will play the next game because it's Brentford. Um, yes, Raya, yeah, he has to play. Yeah, Raya can't play, so. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he. I, I don't know if he's going to. I don't think it makes a difference, but it would be interesting to see how his mental state is, how. Because obviously his League Cup performance wasn't that great. Um, and and I, I don't blame the guy. I think it's tough when you've just lost your place and you, you probably. It's, it's tough when you also know you've got no chance of winning it back, right? Like, yeah. I think we all know the statements that Arteta made were, were patently false. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. so I think it's tough when he knows he's not really got a chance of winning his, his place back. It is not really a competition. No, I, I, I agree. Um, although it'd be just nice to see him between the sticks and hopefully he can put in a good performance. 
yeah. at the end of the day, the worst you know, case. Like I was saying, hopefully he does go by Munich. I mean, I, I'd like, I'd like it if he yeah, went by Munich because I don't want to see him playing with Chelsea. No, no, no. I think, I think that's what we'd probably want to push for if we were to sell him in uh, summer is to have him playing for a foreign club for sure. If you can get sixty million for him, it's an absolute. We, we have to, we have to take that. Like, if if you mm. can really get that for him, we have to take it. It doesn't matter where it comes from. If it's Chelsea, it's Chelsea. Yeah. If it's Newcastle, it's Newcastle. It doesn't matter. If you can get that money for him, we have to take that money for him. Mm. I just, you know, personally, I wouldn't want to see it. And I, I, I just think in January, I, I wouldn't do the deal in January. I would do it in June. No, no. I, I know there's a question over England. Um, you know, and it, it, I found it absolutely ridiculous to Southgate to even suggest that he should be playing more games when he's got players that one plays in a farmer's league in Saudi Arabia and another one only recently started playing for Man United, but we'll go back on the bench again and make that seem as if uh, that's not yeah. important. But um, yeah, that's the only thing I think that might push Ramsdale maybe to have some urgency on it because of England. Yeah, but he's not number one anyway for England, so I don't see that changing. No, uh, no, and he, he wouldn't. The thing is, he wouldn't be number one if he was playing every week. We know no. because we saw it last year. So, no. I, I mean, he's. I mean, but Southgate is going after next year, so yeah. so that that will come into. That, that's probably where summer will be interesting. I yeah. think summer is gone if he's if he's if he's not uh, number one. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, mate. All right. Well, thanks. Nice chat tonight. Um, yeah, we'll likewise. Towards the, uh, back towards the end of the week, go through some stuff, maybe look at some of the uh, international games that have been played. Are there any games this week or are the games all Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Monday, I have Tuesday, I no fucking idea, mate. Yeah, no, um, I'm not what, sure. What, the only game I'm actually looking forward to watching, and I will watch, is Brazil-Argentina. But besides that, it's all a load of shit. Yeah, I won't, I won't see a single second of international football. <laughs> I wouldn't think. I might see, uh, see some clips pop up on Twitter. So we'll have nothing to talk about when no, it comes no, to No, no, not really. No, we'll, we'll make something up. We'll make something <laughs> All right, mate. Well, thanks a All lot. Right. And uh, I will speak to you later on. Goodbye. Cheers, mate. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.